Morning. Morning. It is a delight to be back with you and for the commissioning of your new senior pastors. Um, first of all, I just want to say um, thank you to Steve and Lynn. We want to honour them. Yeah. yeah. Last summer, when we felt the Lord tell us that we should uh, be leaving, one of the greatest difficulties was to, to leave here and hope everything would be okay. Um, and the Lord spoke to me. Um, I said, but Lord, I want to say goodbye to my friends properly. And there's a bit in the Bible. Lord, I want to bury my family and I want to say goodbye to my friends. And Jesus said, I've... <sighs> it's a long time since I stood up here. I'm a little emotional. Um, and I felt the Lord say, other people have gone the other side of the world with far less than I've given you. Trust me. So we had to say yes to Jesus, not knowing what would come next. Little did we know that Stephen Lynn would step forward and come and be interim pastors here. So thank you. You've been amazing. Other things that we've seen that have encouraged us. Dave Doran. Is Dave around today in youth? Well, you know, got to meet Dave just as we were leaving and the way he stepped in with youth. The staff team and trustees, thank you to you. Um, and for you as a church, you're still here. Thank you for continuing together. Um, and uh, Bev and I, uh, at one time in this room many, many years ago, in fact, I think it was 1999, we had our official commissioning and ordination here in this room. So it is a privilege to be here and to be part of the commissioning of Julian and Libby this morning. Um, Bev and I are well. We're still processing the pain of moving on and leaving. There have been many points. Uh, I would wake up in the morning feeling like I was still in my old house I'd been in for over 25 years. And I had a right old moan to the Lord. Lord, I miss my bed. I miss my house. I miss my friends. I miss my church. I miss my favorite kebab house. <laughs> Uh, and even the shops, you know, I get to Sainsbury's, but it wasn't my Sainsbury's. And then I felt the Lord say, yes, but that's still not a good enough reason not to have gone, is it? So we're, we're through that, uh, but Christ has been so near to us. Um, and seeing what he's been doing with you and so many of you. And some of you are probably wondering, who on earth is that strange man at the front? Um, we have been praying and preparing for today and asking what the Lord would give us to share with you. Um, and a passage came to mind, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. Just the beginning bit, I think it might appear. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. Now, in the, in the Greek language there, received and passed on is almost the same word. Um, and the Greek word is paradosis. And, and a literal translation for Paul would be, I handed on the handed on things. Isn't that? That's literally what Paul's saying. I handed on the handed on things. A bit like a baton in a race. But it never stops till Christ returns. And the Lord brought that to mind for me as I was walking and praying. And Bev and I received and were given to us from some amazing church leaders. The people that led me to Christ. The people in the vineyard church we were in. The values of the vineyard and kingdom and planting. And we came here and we planted a church here and we handed on so many things. And I felt the Lord remind me of this passage today and say that's part of what today is. Um, we said goodbye last end of October. That was fun. But this is a handing on moment today. And I said to the Lord, okay, what do you want me to speak to 
from this, handing on the handed on things. And I felt the Lord say that there were three things. I felt the Spirit lead me towards three things this morning to talk to you that we have received and we hope have been handed on and that you will now receive and you will hand on. Does that make sense? So we're handing on the handed on things. Three things. First one, I want to commend Julian and Libby to you. Romans 16, verse 1 to 2. Paul does this a lot in the New Testament, writes to other churches, say, receive these new leaders. I used to be with you. Now someone else is coming. Could you be with them? I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in some strange place. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. I mean, we could just use that verse, couldn't we? I commend to you, Julian and Libby, we ask you to receive them in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and give them any help they may need from you, for they have been the benefactor of many people. Lovely verse here. We took part in three rounds of interviews over many nights uh, on Zoom after we had left. And we met some very amazing people, uh, trustees and some leaders, and we were involved in that. Um, and during that process, I went for a walk along an alleyway um, we live in a semi-rural area now. I'm, I'm such a... I'm not used to living near the countryside. I went out for a walk um, one night where we lived. Walked to the end of the road, turned left, and thought, I'm going to get killed. There's no lights anywhere. No street lights, no concrete, no pathways. I was, I've had to buy a head torch so I can... I was like, I miss being able to just wander through Belmont with all the glow of the street lights. Um, anyway, without wandering and praying, trying not to get run over... And I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me, Jason, this is your last first. There have been many firsts here in the church, the first service we had, the first church birthday, the first Christmas service, first baptism, the first person that left because they were cross with us, the first, <laughs> you never forget that one, the first, and you won't either, and the first marriage, the first baby, the first death, so many firsts. The first time that you announce that you're leaving and the first time that we get to bless and pray for the new senior pastors here. And I said, thank you, Lord. What a treasure that is. Our last first. You've had your first interim senior pastors here in the church, which has been wonderful. And now the first new permanent senior pastors. And so we want to just give you a little highlight of what we think you're receiving, that the Lord is giving here to you and Julian and Libby. I want to mention their competence, their character, their chemistry, and their calling. Their competence. Go through so many people's CVs, ask them questions, get their references. These are two of the most highly qualified, competent, and skilled pastors we have seen. And Bev and I, in our role before, assessed hundreds of church leaders and pastors. Um, they have done everything that it takes to look after a church, but also a competence in hearing from God and the quality of their leadership. Can't say more to you than that about their competence that has been uh, due diligence applied to. Um, their character, it's harder to discern someone's character on Zoom. Um, you know, we ask questions and get references, but God, in his graciousness, gave us a couple of things. In my new role, I got to meet someone called Roger Bretherton, 
who's up at Lincoln University, and I'm now you know, leading a college, and we're becoming friends, uh, and I'm going up to see him soon. Uh, and our worlds are intersecting in the world of higher education. And he goes, Julian and Libby are in your church. They were in my church. Whether you're in the church, or he knows you from Lincoln, and Christians. And I just listened as something poured out of him, not just their competence, but the quality of who they were. I went, thank you, Lord. That was nice to know. He didn't go, oh, my goodness, they're a bit of a nightmare. Uh, they're leaving under a cloud. He didn't. And then someone else in, in our other church circles that we're moving in now who coaches, Libby. And I guess she went, oh, my goodness, Libby. And then just talked about how amazing she was and Julian. You know, God has a way to help us discern things. So competence, character, chemistry. I must admit, we sit in, after being here and loving you and missing you so much, uh, in every single interview, I was thinking, now what's it going to be like with, with these people in various rooms in the life of the church? On a Sunday, at Babes, in a staff meeting, with trustees, and trying to imagine, you know what chemistry is? You can have someone very competent and high character that everyone just goes, just doesn't, doesn't work. Um, we would say a phrase, they're, they're not us. By the way, it's been the strangest thing in the world to start to change our pronouns. We keep talking about our, our was our church <laughs> and you. But who would Julian and Libby be? And watching as people that were interviewing them got more and more excited about some of the candidates, but Julian and Libby and going, I can imagine them with us there. So chemistry, we think they're going to be fun, they're going to care for you and love you. And calling, most important one of all. By the way, we had some candidates who were high in all of those, competence, character and chemistry, and who were very highly called to obviously be senior pastors. But we would look at one another as we, and we go, but they're not called here. They want to be senior pastors somewhere. But Julian and Libby stood out. They stood out with the prophetic words that they'd had from people. They stood out from the get-go um, with the fact that when they applied, they came down here, wandered round Sutton and prayed and asked to meet up with people. From the moment they came here, they asked the Lord if they were supposed to be here. And other little things that mean a lot. When you've been senior pastors, you can, you know people that look at counterfeit notes they can spot one instantly because they've looked at enough. We have seen so, thousands of church leaders and hundreds, if not thousands, of pastors. And you're looking for one that looks like the real thing. And you're like, oh, this, this is the real thing. For here, for you, for Sutton. Um, and I'm just wondering, as we commend them to you, Sutton Vineyard, do you understand the immensity of this move for them? They've left all their favourite takeaway shops as well. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? It's true. We made a rookie mistake. I bought a house that didn't have a kebab shop nearby. It was uh, shocking due diligence. So commend them to you. Second of three things. Of all the things that we have shared over more than 25 years in the life of SVC, and in this room, I sat and prayed and said, Lord, is there one thing, one thing that we shared, one thing we received that you'd want me to return to today, to remind you of here? And it was this that came to mind. Are you a guest or are you a host? 
You know what a guest is? A guest is someone who gets invited somewhere and turns up, has a nice time and goes home. A guest is someone who everything is done for. A guest is someone who comes if they haven't got something else on. A guest is someone who goes, well, their house was a bit of a mess. I wouldn't have mine like that. Do you know what a guest is? The attitude of a guest. But then some of us are hosts. This is your church. And this is becoming your church. And a host is very different. A host doesn't turn up Sunday by Sunday because they haven't got something else on. A host turns up because this is their church. And they help make it happen. And hosts are people who, in helping other people encounter God, that becomes their encounter. You don't know any other way. The route to meet God is to help other people meet God. And everything else just happens by the Holy Spirit and God's kingdom. Um, some people stay as guests in a church the whole of their lives and go from one to another to another. And they never become hosts. And in moments like this, Julian and Libby are not new shop managers. They're not, the SVC is not just under new management, but it is about covenant and a spiritual moment. And one that asks us to consider our relationship to Christ and his body and his people. I heard a statistic last week, to bring this into focus, that made me think of what's at stake in this room today and every other church around the UK today. Um, do you know the population of the UK? It's over 67 million people. Do you know how many children are in churches in the UK today on average? Only 100,000. Judges 2 verse 10. After that, a whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors and another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. There is a dire moment going on in our country for a generation, only 100,000 children in the churches in the UK. We've always been blessed with many children here, haven't we? Should never take that for granted. But what that speaks to is what's at stake about the church and what it means for you to be a church and have new senior pastors and your mission. Let me read from Matthew 22. Uh, Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who'd been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Some of you will know that parable. We're too busy. We've got other things happening. Jesus says the kingdom of God's like this. It's a big party. And God says, will you be involved? And many people just go, no. Um, one of the fastest growing groups of Christians in the UK are those who have left the church. We have been wanting revival in this church. We've been wanting another generation to know Christ. But How? Is anyone overwhelmed by the perma-crisis? You know, that's the new word in the dictionary. Cost of living, crisis, politics, education. It just seems endless, doesn't it? And in aggregate, we can often think that we aren't important and can't make a difference. But here's what happens. In their hundreds of thousands, Christians have given up on the body of Christ and being God's people. And all it would take for revival to come in this country would be every Christian to wake up tomorrow and say, I will be a host in a church. 
Come to the party. Say yes. So I want to say to you that what's taking place here is not just a church and new pastors as business as usual. We are at a moment in history. I really believe this. I'm an academic and I have to study this, especially now. These are not normal times. And there is something at stake. And all you've got to do is turn up and take part. So commending Julian and Libby to you, will we be guests or hosts? And the last thing to share with you, the last word is, I, I felt the Lord, Lord say, if I could bring a prophetic word, which sounds quite pretentious, doesn't it? But if I could bring something for the last time at the tail end of my role as the outgoing senior pastor and say, I really feel I think there's something God's given me that I want to share with you as a church, uh, as our church family and a word. And I felt it was this. It's a prophetic word I heard recently and it impacted me. Um, we were at a conference recently called Wildfires. And there was a prophetic word about clouds and rain. Christians are always talking about clouds and rain in God's presence, aren't they? Always singing songs about let it rain, let it rain. But something in my spirit with this word stirred. You know, more than just hearing something that is in the Bible. Yes, that's in the Bible and that makes sense. Um, in fact, the Bible uses metaphors regularly to describe God's presence as a wind, as a fire and a water. Um, Isaiah 54 verse 8. You heavens above, rain down my righteousness. Let clouds shower it down. Let the earth open wide. Let salvation spring up. Let righteousness flurry with it. I, the Lord, have created it. This is Isaiah equating the presence of God with a deluge of rain and water. And then Jesus himself, Matthew 5, verse 45, draws on the metaphor of the weather and rain. That you may be children, you and I may be children of your Father in heaven. He, our Heavenly Father, causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain. He sends rain. And the prophetic word we heard was about there was rain coming. There was a rain of the outpouring of God's presence. And that in the midst of the crisis that's been happening in the world, in the midst of the great disappearing of Christians from the body of Christ in the turmoil that there is a rain starting to fall of the presence of God. Um, and the person who was speaking was someone who, in the 1960s and 70s, experienced a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, when he was at college, school, um, the Holy Spirit poured out students falling to their knees in a cafeteria spontaneously and crying out under the presence of God. And it was so easy to lead people to Christ. It was just someone who's experienced that. And what he said is, he's been praying for that to happen again. And said, what's happening now with the move of God around the world is starting to feel like little drops of rain. And it reminds him of those moments. And that gave me goosebumps. Someone who's seen a move of God like that saying, can you feel it? It's coming. He talked about Asbury. And you must have been living under a rock if you haven't heard about Asbury. A move of God in a place that has experienced an outpouring of God in Wilmore, Kentucky. I've been there. Middle of nowhere, literally. God does that quite often. Hebridean revival, middle of nowhere. An outpouring of the Spirit in a town of 4,000 people that saw over a few weeks, a few hundred thousand people come to visit to worship and experience the presence of God. 
Do you notice something about that outpouring? People turned up. It's not difficult. But they turned up because they were desperate for God. And he poured out his spirit. And, and this uh, word went on. It's talked about Asbury where there were raindrops coming for revival. And then the, the word, and I looked this up because I like to research things. I'm going to go and check this about um, precipitation and rainfall and where really, really bad flooding happens. So this metaphor works for an outpouring of the Spirit, but it's really bad if you live somewhere that gets flooded. <laughs> See, when it comes to revival, we want a flooding, yeah? Now, clouds and the amount that they will precipitate and the amount of rain that they will drop is determined by what's going on the ground underneath them. And if there's nobody there and nothing... The clouds will move along very quickly. They like to stop over places where there are lots of people gathered, where the temperature is higher because people live there. And what happens is it will rain and rain and rain. It's why often cities get most of the rain. So this prophetic word was saying, will you and I, the Holy Spirit is coming. He's moving around the world. He's wanting to rain. Will we be ready on the ground? To gather together to change the temperature and say, Lord, let it rain. Something so simple. It's all it takes to navigate this time and this moment as you get new senior pastors. What's at stake to be here, to meet with God? Because as best as we can tell, these are two people so gifted, so called, who want it to rain and want you to encounter God. You need new pastors. It's one of the things we've realized in leaving. We could feel like it would have been easy to stay here forever. Or until someone shuffled us off. <laughs> or we were forced to leave. You need new pastors to receive the new rain that is coming. I'll say that again. Sutton Vineyard, you need new pastors to receive the new rain that's coming. Julian and Libby are new wineskins. They are the kind of pastors ready to receive the rain with you. So, SVC, are you ready to be a host? Are you ready to gather with them before God and receive the rain of the kingdom? Amen.